أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له من يضل فلا هادي الله وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق توقاته ولا تموتون إلا وأنتم مسلمون أو يبليف في الله as it should be feared and do not die except that you are Muslims يا أيها الناس تقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا O mankind, fear your guardian Lord who created you from a single soul and from that soul he created his mates and from them came many men and women So fear Allah from whom you demand your mutual rights and respect the wombs that bore you يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما O you who believe fear Allah and say a word that is directed to the truth Say a good word قولا سديدا in turn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will rectify your actions, rectify your deeds and forgive you your sins. And whoever obeys Allah and his messenger has indeed attained a great success. أَمَّا بَعْدِ فَإِنَّ أَصْدَقَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ The best speech is the book of Allah, the Qur'an. And the best guidance, خَيْرَ الْهَدْيِ هَدْيُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ هَدْيُ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ and the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi And the worst of the affairs are the newly invented matters. And every innovation, every newly invented matter is an innovation and every innovation is misguidance. Amma ba'd. Shaykh Rabi Habudullah in his explanation of the hadith of Jibreel, he says, أورد المؤلف رحمه الله في هذا الباب هذا الحديث من عدد من الطرق that indeed the author has gathered this this حديث under this chapter by different ways by different narrators different ways والحديث حديث عظيم and it is a great حديث ومشهور and it's famous it's well known ومعروف لدى المسلمين and it's known amongst the Muslims هو يشمل مراتب الدين and it consists of the the levels of the deen كلها all of it أو أو الثلاث المعروفة المشهورة وهي all the three main aspects of the deen and they are الإسلام then إيمان then إحسان فهو حديث جامع عظيم so it's a hadith that is comprehensive a great hadith جامع لمراتب الدين which covers consists of the levels of the deen وأركان الإيمان and the pillars of إيمان وأركان الإسلام and the pillars of الإسلام ولهذا اهتم به العلماء this is why the scholars they gave importance to it وقام بعضهم بشرحها some of them gathered the explanation of it مفصلا in detail لأهميته due to its importance ولاشتماله على هذه المباني العظيمة because of what it contains what it constitutes with regards these great pillars Islam, Iman and Ihsan and you can also take some etiquette and manners and conduct how to be in this hadith, from this hadith and that is because Jibreel he came upon uh, an image that was 
not known from his own image. Prophet saw Jibreel in his own image, yani with 600 wings, that is other than this hadith. And one of the wings is as far as the horizon can see, covered the whole horizon, that is in other narrations. But in this particular hadith, Jibreel came in the form of a man which with the shadidu bayadi thiyab with clear white clothes shadidu sawadi shaab with exceedingly black hair la yu'rafu la yura alihi athar al-safar the toils of journey were not apparent in him could not see that he came from a journey from a long distant journey and none of us could recognize him, could know who he was. And he came close to the Prophet Muhammad until he put his knees with his knees. So this shows us how the Sheikh should be to the students, that he comes closer to his students. And that lean janibihi, to come close to the student and to be, uh, to show that closeness and gentleness. That's how close the teacher shows rifq, shows kindness, shows closeness to teach because he's going to pass on the message. So he has to be an example. He has to be an example. He has to be a guide. He has to be better. And so he has to show that shafaqah, that lean, and that kindness, that mercy, that closeness. And wallahi, we've seen this from the ulama in how they are. One time we visited Shaykh Muhammad in Uneza, and that was a stranger. I came into the city not knowing anyone. So the Shaykh, after the question uh, after the question answer, I got up to greet the Shaykh. And SubhanAllah, I wanted to ask. And one brother said, No, no, Khalil Shaykh, Khalil Shaykh, leave the Shaykh. I said, I want to ask. And the Shaykh looked at me, he knew I was a stranger. He says, He's not from here. Let him ask. Look at the gentleness, kindness of the ulama. And Sheikh bin Baz, rahimullah, one time we were eating lunch. Between me and the Sheikh, there's another brother. And it was quiet. They were eating. And I wanted to ask. Subhanallah. When I was just about to ask, the brother said, Khali Sheikh Yaqul, leave the Sheikh to eat. Subhanallah, we come from far away. Leave the sheikh to eat. So I made it into a, a mas'ala. I said, is it haram? <laughs> to speak and to eat? And then the sheikh said, ask. Look at the kindness, ya ikhwan. And look, Sheikh Muhammad al-Banna, rahimahullah, how he was in Jeddah. Every Wednesday night, inviting to his house, 
serving, not sitting down until he serves you. Every week, Ikhwan, with his family. He gathers together with his sons and invites you to the house. And before he passed away, Rahimullah, he was in Mecca, fasting the whole day, on Thursdays and Mondays. And then he would come and invite the people to the uh, to, to his house. And in the haram itself, he had this strawberry milk he used to pour for the brothers. They used to come in queues, even the workers, they used to queue up. And they would take their drink, serving everyone before he himself drinks. And he would have these big, large dates, and he would offer it to the people. He was very kind. And he would say, Ahlan, Marhaban, always welcoming to the people. That's wallahi, the guy, the, these are the guides. The ulama, kind, gentle. Subhanallah, and that should be the, that is the fruits that you benefit from their, uh, from them, their aqidah, their manhaj, their belief is firm and strong. Allah mubarak, that you benefit from their actions. He put his hands upon his knees, taaduban, as a way of good manners. How the talib should be. Clean clothes, he comes to the masjid. As Allah said, Khudu zinatakum indakulli masjidin. Take your good, the, the beauty as you come to the masjid, not with onion breath, not with garlic breath. SubhanAllah. Those who do that, they harm the, Muslim, the Muslims. They come to the masjid, huh? looking scruffy, not clean. This is not the way of the Talib al ilm. Jibreel والسلام, came with, with exceedingly white tobe. And to Adduban, he sat right in front of the scholar. Subhanallah. Remember one time, went to Riyadh. So Sheikh Salih Fawzan, he just prayed Salat al-Asr. We sat after the Salah right in front of him. And we asked him a question. We said to him, Ya Sheikh, there is a brother in in Jeddah, he says that khutbah in the English language is bid'ah. Huh? Khutbah in the English language is bid'ah. Sheikh Salih Fawzan, he looked up. He said, qawluhu bid'ah. <laughs> his, his statement is bid'ah. I said, yeah, because I was talking about, I said, khutbah in the English language in the lands of the non-Muslims, yani not in Arab lands. In the land of the non-Muslims, khutbah in the English language is bid'ah, he said, this, this youth in Jeddah. And he caused commotion amongst the, the Indian community back home and on the internet. So, Sheikh Salaf Fawzan said, his statement is bid'ah. I went to Sheikh Rabi Habibullah and asked him the same question, Ya Sheikh, there's a person who says, in the land of the non-Muslims, Doing khutbah in English is bid'ah. Look how hardship they cause people. Sheikh Rabbi said, how is the people going to understand it? If the people only understand English, and he says it in Arabic, how are the people going to understand? And he said, the verses from the Qur'an and the ahadith of the Messenger in Arabic, then translate. Then somebody from the congregation, he said, Ya Sheikh, what about after the khutbah? After the Jum'ah, when they finish the Salah, 
they can bring the English translation. Sheikh said, that goes against shortening the sermon on a Friday. When you do Arabic first, and then after the prayer, you do the English translation, you are prolonging the sermon. Rather, the sermon should be short. And likewise, he said, نَحْنُ لَا نَتَعَبَّدْ بِلُغَةِ الْعَرَبِيَّ فِي الْخُطْبَةِ I found that to be an amazing answer. That in the khutbah, we are not uh, using Arabic as an aspect of ibadah. In the khutbah. In the khutbah, it's allowed to you address khatib al-nas uh, talk to the people how they, what they understand. Look at the mercy. The scholars make things easy in that which is correct. And the people make things difficult. And the same brother, he said that even translating the Quran in another language, يعني, the meaning of the Quran in another language is bid'ah. And to put it in one... How are the people going to understand? Subhanallah. Of course, knowing Arabic is first and foremost. We encourage the people to know Arabic. But somebody who doesn't know, then it is important to give them the message. So as a point of adab, as point of manner in how to be the student of knowledge, to sit close to the alim. He put his knees with his knees. This is how close. Because in the mal'in bitalaqi, knowledge is to be taken direct. And it is to be taken, that is the best form. Yes, you can have a tape and listen to, as Shaykh Ibn said, listen to tapes to read book of the ulama. This is good. But better than that is you sit in front of the alim. Why? Because you don't just learn the knowledge, you learn manners. How many of them, the scholars, they said, we learned manners 30 years and we learned knowledge 20 years. So the manners they're learning for 30 years from the alim and how to conduct himself and how to, to be. Sheikh Zaid bin Hadi al-Madkhali, for example, went to visit him in Jizan, in Samta. It was a weekend, we went, we arrived, he knew there some guests. SubhanAllah, he put out the Bukhur. You know Bukhur? Incense, like incense sticks they have. Put out the Bukhur. Huh? And then got some dates, qahwa, coffee. He'd come sit next to us, sat down. He said, and he said, Tafaddal. We were strangers coming to the city. Tafaddal, welcome. Rahimahullah. Said, Ya Shaykh, we want to read to you the four principles. Tafaddal. This whole weekend, read a portion after each salah. And the Shaykh, subhanAllah, gave us time that weekend. Visiting Shaykh Ahmad al-Najmi, rahimahullah, before he passed away. Went to visit him, we saw him lying down on his bed, sick. And he said, if you've come to read to me, subhanAllah, and he's sick. He's not well, and he's lying down, and he's still saying, "If you come to, if you have come to read to me, make sure you have tazkiyah from Sheikh Rabi'ah. That he knows you, not just anyone, because people come, they take from the Sheikh, and then they, uh, then they deviate, or that they have de- been deviated from before. Mercy of the scholars, Waikhwan, Rahma, which we have witnessed with our own eyes, Rahma in terms of teaching, the ulama, you see them teaching in Ramadan. Uh, teaching in, like Shaykh Ibn in Ramadan every Ramadan he's there in the haram Bef- uh, and Shaykh Al-Haydan Allah is fee. may Allah make him better and cure him in Ramadan every Ramadan he's there 
every Ramadan in the Haram of Mecca, teaching the people, giving their time. SubhanAllah, Sheikh bin Baz, most of those who are coming to teach, to listen to him, most of them are uh, 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 asking questions about divorce, marriage. Imagine somebody comes to you with divorce, marriage every day. You, you know, you, you find it difficult. Look, the ulama, they're giving people time. People come with their problems. SubhanAllah, just for someone to listen to you is a ni'mah. Coming with your problems and giving you a solution. Allahu Akbar. Ulama, they're the ones Allah has raised many levels. And he put his hand with on his on his thighs. Tawadu'an. As a point of humility. Putting his hands on his thighs. Not being hasty. Not shouting. Not raising. Not putting his hands on his thighs. Tranquility. Calmness of the talib al-ilm. Hudu'. This is the characteristic. Allah created you from clay. Something which is hadi', which is calm. And shaitan, huh? Iblis, the devils created from smokeless fire. Ibn Qayyim says yatish, all over the place. When you see a fire kindling, how is it? It's all over the place, isn't it? It's all over the place, the fire. That's the way of shaitan, hasty, all over the place, no calmness. Don't be angry, Prophet said. Why? Because shaitan running from you in your blood. And you may say something, you may say something you regret. That's why Ibn Qayyim said, refuting what Iblis said. Iblis said, I'm better than him. I'm better than him. You created me from smokeless fire and you created him from clay. Ibn Qayyim He mentioned that actually he was even in even in this he was wrong because clay is calm tranquil and fire is not calm not tranquil it's you know very as you see kindled the way it is moves all over the place it's not the same as clay so even in this he was wrong so therefore be a, that student of knowledge who is calm, who is humble, tawadu'an. And whoever humbles himself to Allah, Allah raises him. Man Allah. And the opposite is true. Whoever is arrogant, Allah debases him. It is happening. It is going to happen sooner or later. You're arrogant, you're proud, you're haughty. And Allah warned us from that. وَلَا تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَا don't go in the land full of pride. Allah doesn't like the, the arrogant, boastful, haughty person. I am, when I am, when I did, and I have, and I did. What did you do? Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aided you in it. And that's in Surah Al-Luqman. In Surah Al-Isra, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Don't go in the land full of pride. You didn't reach the... You didn't tread past or tread all of the earth or penetrate the earth. Nor did you reach the mountains in height. So what is there to be arrogant for? What is there to be arrogant for? Sheikh Rabbi says, don't you use the toilet every day? You need to use the toilet. So what is there to be arrogant for? Look how weak we are. We are in need of Allah. 
Allah created us from weak, fluid. What is there to be arrogant for? From ma'in maheen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who strengthened you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gave us ability to walk. What is there to be arrogant for? Rather, the prophets, they were humble. They had tawadu' wa ta'adduban. And also, they had manners. That etiquette. They didn't used to raise their voice like the braille of donkeys. Inna ankar al-aswat la hamir. The worst of sounds is the sounds of a braiding donkey. That is the case of those who had without manners. The Prophet did not come sahab fil aswaq, raising his voice in the like in the markets. Prophet was calm and explained to the people and he taught the people. The Rasul had this manners of this manner and this etiquette. هكذا يقول العلماء في هذه الآداب التي تؤخذ من لقاء جبريل للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسؤاله إياه. This is what the scholars mention with regards the manner and the manners to have, and that is when جبريل عليه الصلاة والسلام came and met the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم in this manner. وفي حديث يحيى بن يعمر الثاني أنه حدثت مشكلة في العراق and Actually, there's a reason behind this hadith. And that is there was a problem in Iraq at that time. The people were denying, or some people were denying the Qadr. That Allah knows what's going to happen before it happens. They were denying the Qadr. And so, two of the Tabi'een, they went towards, this, they wanted to go for Umrah or Hajj, in order to meet some of the companions, to ask them questions about what these people are saying. Is it right or wrong? لأن قوما من طلبة العلم يتقفرون العلم. So these are a people from the students of knowledge. And the narration mentions two of the tabi'een from the students of knowledge. They want they sought knowledge. They wanted to go. يتقفرون يعني يطلبون. أي يتتبعونه. They were seeking knowledge. ويقولون إن الأمر أنف. And back home they knew there, were, there was a people who used to say that there is no Qadr. So two of the Tabi'een came asking about this affair of the people back home that denied the Qadr. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala la ya'lamu af'al al-ibadah. Allah doesn't know the actions of the servants hatta ya'maluha until they do it. Khayran kanat aw sharran whether it is good or bad. فليس هناك علم سابق من الله. According to the Qadriya, the people in Iraq at that time, there wasn't that Allah Subhanahu doesn't know, have previous knowledge of what's going to happen. Subhanallah. كيف؟ When Allah is al-Alim, when Allah is al-Khabir, the All-Knowing, the All-Aware. When Allah Subhanahu is Latif, from His names is al-Latif. And Sheikh Zayd bin Hadi mentioned two meanings of al-Latif. One of them means he knows the minute details of everything that happens. The smallest of, a thi- of things in the world. And not only that, he takes care of those, of every dabba ala wajh al-ard, ala Allah 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides for it. Every walking creature upon the earth, Allah provides for it. Not just knows about it, but provides for it. Whether it is on land or in the sea or in the air, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows of its affair. And He provides for it. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second meaning of Latif is He takes care of the needy. He takes care of the weak. He takes care of those who call upon Him and He answers them. If you were all to ask Allah in any language, the first of you and the last of you, in any language, all in one plane, all at the same time, Allah will be able to give everyone his need. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. For he's a latif. And he takes care of his servants. And he's a latif. He deals with the oppressors. He's a latif. When you are sleeping, he's keeping you alive. Maybe that will be your last breath. Maybe this is your last day. Allah is a latif. He will take care of you at your point of death if you are sincere and you are upon the sunnah. Allah is a latif. He will not leave you without risk. Don't fear risk. Allah subhanahu has already provided for you before you were even born. Don't fear that you will not have any provision and sustenance. Allah is a latif. Didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in Surah Al-Luqman, Ya Bunayya innaha, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that, Luqman said to his son, Ya Bunayya innaha intakumit qala habbatin, fatakum fi sakhratin, aw fi samawati, aw fi al-ard, ya'ti biha Allah. Ya Bunayya innaha intakumit qala habbatin min khardadin, fatakum fi sakhratin, aw fi samawati, aw fi al-ard, ya'ti biha Allah. Oh my son, Luqman said, if it had been, a mustard seed of a deed and it's inside a rock or it's in the skies or it's penetrated deep into the earth Allah will bring it out for indeed he's a latiful khabir Allahu Akbar look showing you the minute detail of his knowledge and in Surah Al-Mulk Allah mentioned latif again he mentioned latif in Surah Al-Mulk وَهُوَ اللَّطِيفٌ Khabir, and he is Latifun Khabir, again all aware. And that is showing his awareness. And so to Yusuf, Allah mentioned Latif, that he was Latif with Yusuf. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who believe correctly in his beautiful names and attributes. For this increases on Iman, in knowing Allah, in knowing, the mes- in knowing Allah. Allah, so those who said that Allah doesn't know previous knowledge until it happened, uh, previous actions until they happen, and they deny his mashia, his will, they know that they have strayed. Rather, Allah has a will, and we have a will. And whatever you will, it comes under the will of Allah. Because the will of Allah is from his rububiyyah, from his lordship. No one escapes the will of Allah. Allah is the one who wills whatever is going to happen based upon his wisdom, based upon his hikmah. And the qadr of Allah necessitates four things. As Shaykh Fawzan mentioned, and Shaykh Ubaid al-Jabri mentioned in Surah Al-Tala'adha, and other scholars have explained the qadr of Allah, number one, his ilm. Necessitates that his knowledge is vast. He knows 
what happened prior, before and what is happening now and what is going to happen in the future and how it, how it will happen if it was going to happen and Mashiach, the will of Allah the Qadr necessitates Mashiach that whatever happens Allah is the one who willed it to happen based upon his great wisdom thirdly Al-Kitabah that everything that happens Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already told the pen to write 50,000 years before creation and Allah knew even before that the pen said what shall I write he said what? write whatever is going to happen that is why when the Sufis they say the, the border of Busayri and they claim that the Prophet's knowledge is the knowledge of the pen this is Dalal Mubin this is uh, misguidance claim misguidance how can you say that that the Messenger knows whatever the pen wrote, and he whatever what, he knows everything. The Rasulullah did not know Ilm al Ghaib. Qul, Law kuntu a'lam al Ghaib, Astakthartu min al Khayr, Umam Asani al Su. Doesn't know the Ilm al Ghaib unconditionally. And fourthly, with regards to Qadr al Khalq, Allah SWT creates the good action and the bad action for the people to choose which to do. Wahadaynahu najdain. Each one is goes towards his what he seeks, whether he's righteous or whether it is an evil act. Each one chooses, and Allah is the one who creates the act for the people to choose which ones to do. Is it going to be Sunnah you're going to do, or is it going to be Bid'ah? Is it going to be Iman, or is it going to be Kufr? Is it going to be Tawheed, or is it going to be Shirk? Which one are you going to do? Are you going to get up with Fajr and pray your Salah? Or you're going to be lazy. You see some people, they, are, they look strong. They go to the gym nearly every day. They're picking up all these weights. They when it comes to Fajr, they can't even pick up the blanket to get up. So where is the strength then? The strength is not that you throw somebody and wrestle somebody. The strength is Iman. The strength is your faith. That you strive your utmost to keep up to your Salah. So glad tidings for those who managed to pray Salat al-Fajr, especially on this day, the day of Friday, which is a day of Eid for the Muslims, and it is the best prayer of the week, Fajr on a Friday. It's the best prayer of the week. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, مَنْ صَلَّ الْفَجْرِ فِي الْجَمَاعِ فَهُوَ تَحْتَ الدِّمَّةِ اللَّهِ إِلَىٰ أَيَّمْسِي That whoever prays Fajr in Jama'ah, he's under the protection of Allah until the evening. And whoever enters the Masjid at Fajr, and he says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ بِوَجْهِ الْكَرِيمِ وَسُلْطَانِ الْقَدِيمِ من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم افتح لي أبواب رحمتك. This is this beautiful dua the beginning specifically for Fajr which is أعوذ بالله العظيم بوجه الكريم والسلطان القديم من الشيطان الرجيم. That dua there, شيطان. This is a protection from شيطان. Protection from شيطان until the evening. So يا عبد الله هني أن لكم may Allah سبحانه make us of those who always Keep to our ibadah, praying with those who pray. Those who value that which Allah has given importance to. Whoever gives importance to the legislations of Allah, that is from the piety of the hearts. These are the things that are honorable, Wallah. These are the things that you will take with you to the akhirah, to the hereafter. You keep up your ibadah, you keep up your dhikr. You keep up your salawat al-khams. Allah will raise you many levels. And you do it sincerely, not for the people. Allah will give you strength. 
and Allah will aid you. Allah will not leave you. Many problems we may face in, in life, many difficulties and calamities, hardships, maybe sickness, but Allah is there for you. He's the curer. And when I'm sick, he is the one who cures me. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills that an affliction befalls you, none can remove it but him. Who's the one who's going to answer the caller when, he's, when he supplicates? And he removes harm from you and he makes you inherit the earth. Allahu Akbar. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's the one that we turn to. And he's the one that we call upon. And he's the one that will aid you. He's the one who gave us life. So how can we deny faith in him? So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He protects us and aids us and make us pious until we meet Him, make our last actions, actions of taqwa, actions of iman, actions of ibadah, actions of tawheed, sincerely for Allah. I say this, and I pray for you, 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 and I pray for you.